Thank you, worship team, for that, leading us in worship in that way, that last song, Blessed Assurance. I love that hymn, and when I hear that hymn, I'm reminded of my father-in-law singing that clear and loud at the top of his voice. This is my story. This is my song. And I pray that each of us can truly say, this is our story. This is our song. What a beautiful weekend. Sunshine, it's been warm outside. I hope you've had an opportunity to be out there or will this afternoon. My name is Maureen Brown, and I serve on the pastoral team here at the Attridge site. And it's a privilege for me to bring the message this morning. So um, I had to do a quick change from a green shirt, lime green, to a black shirt. And as I was doing that, I was thinking, what does that mean, fun, joyful, green, and black to come join in the sanctuary? So I hope that that's not indicative of where we'll be this morning. But I also want to tell you and put a plug in what a, a privilege it has been to serve in children's ministries and the excitement that's happening there and actually the growth that's happening there. Our groups are growing. We need to divide them because our small groups are no longer small. And so if you need a fresh reboot of your faith, there's nothing like sharing and ministering with a child. So I invite you to talk to us. But before I start this morning in, into our text for today, I want to start by thanking you as a community, both in the room and online. As many of you know, my husband Elmer has been going through chemotherapy treatments. And I want you to know that he is feeling your prayers. We are feeling your prayers. The power of prayer and praying for one another in community is so, so powerful. And I know there are others in our community going through the same journey. There are others going through other health journeys. And there are people that are going through uh, family issues. We need to be praying for each other because it makes a difference. It makes a difference. Prayers give us strength. Peace, comfort, healing, and even joy in the midst of circumstances. And I could say, and will say, that it is definitely, I have a joy that can only be from the Lord in the midst of a challenging circumstance. So, so if you'd like someone to pray for you, just email the church. Get on our prayer list and invite people to pray. It's powerful. A number of years ago, I took part in an incredible Bible study. You may have heard of it. It's called Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. It was a powerful study, and I was reminded of it again this week as I prepared for this message. Experiencing God is not a light study. There's a half hour of homework every day um, in preparation for the next week's session. But the half hour homework is a good rhythm to get into about spending time with God in that way. And so um, one week we had an extra assignment. And the assignment was this. We were to spend a half hour out in nature, in creation, a half hour in silence. We were just supposed to observe and listen and be. And so in that silence, we were just supposed to see what we, what we sense and what we observe. Now, that was a struggle for me, and not just the being silent part, <laughs> but the other part was finding that half hour that I would go, because the, the kids were very little, so I had a baby and a toddler and an, an elementary age child at that time, and so that was, it was hard, but I wanted to do my homework. So the night of the study, 
Uh, Elmer came home from work, and I, I said, hey, you just, you, you have to, I've made supper, and here's the kids. I just got to go out and do this half hour. I have to go do it before we go tonight because I want to have my homework done. And so I went outside. We lived in the country, and we had a long driveway. And I went outside, and I went out to conquer the half hour. So I'm walking down the driveway, and I'm observing everything. I saw ants. I saw grass. I saw, it was just like, check, check, check. And it was windy. And the wind, my hair was blowing in my face. And it was anything other than a quiet, silent observing. It was just, it was just really uh, kind of a panicky time. But I turned to the wind to get the hair out of my face. And when I turned, you know kind of when you face right on the wind, you can get that hollow silence. And in that hollow silence, where there was no whistling of wind, but just kind of this hollow silence. It wasn't an audible voice, but it was an impression upon me of God saying, Maureen, I'm speaking to you all the time. You just don't stop long enough to listen. We pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for that time in my life, but I also thank you for that time in each of our lives where we stop long enough to listen. So this morning, Lord, Will you open up our hearts and minds to what you want to hear us, us to hear this morning? Lord, as we stop and we're in this space, Lord, will you um, speak to us? The things that are of me, will those things fall away, please, Lord? And the things that are of you, those are the things we want to really stick with us. Thank you, Lord. I pray these things in your name. Amen. There was a number of things, uh, key things in that Experiencing God Bible study. And if you've done it, you may have remembered these. He talks about seven realities that happen and allow us to experience God. And I would like to share the first four with you. The first one was God is always at work around you. Always at work, whether you know it or not. Even when you don't know it, he's working always. The second one was God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. The third one is God invites you to become involved with him in his work, to join him in the work that he's doing around you. And the fourth one, which is kind of today what we're talking about, God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. So if God is at work around us all the time, and he invites us to join him in his work, if we are believers and we have a relationship with Jesus as our Savior, the Holy Spirit is in us, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And so the question we need to ask, and that I hope we ask this morning, is do we see the Holy Spirit at work in us and around us? And if not... Are we stopping long enough to listen? Are we paying attention? As we have journeyed through the book of Acts, we know that opposition does not stop God's work. Acts 8, 1-3 talks of the, a great persecution that broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and the church was scattered. Pastor Reg talks about the church as a movement that is empowered and guided by the Holy Spirit. So this scattering had consequences, but they were good consequences. It expanded the movement of the church. 
In Acts 1.8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. So this morning, we're in Acts 8, 26 to 40, where Philip is led in a supernatural way. He responds faithfully and is part of spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so we need to remember that this Philip that we're talking about here is not the Apostle Philip. This Philip is one of the seven deacons who was to serve the widows. But there is a shift, and he becomes known as Philip the Evangelist. Acts 8, verse 26 says, But an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go towards the south, and go toward the south to the road that goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza, from Jerusalem to Gaza. Philip had been speaking to multitudes in Samaria, and now he is sent to a desert. He's leaving a place where there has been a great movement of the Spirit of God to go to a place where possibly there's nobody. But he obeys. And when he gets there, he finds that God does have someone that he is supposed to meet, and he sees a chariot. And then in verse 29, the Spirit told Philip, because he was listening, go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, the only word that describes how Philip responded to the Spirit here is obedience, because he didn't know what was happening, but he was obedient to what the Spirit was saying. So there's two factors involved. He listened and he obeyed. So Philip ran to the chariot and he heard the man, the Ethiopian eunuch, reading Isaiah the prophet, and he asked him, do you understand what you are reading? And he was answered with, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and join him. And in verse 35, it tells us that then Philip began with that very passage from Isaiah and told him the good news about Jesus. So as I prepared um, the sermon discussion questions for this week, I stayed a little bit right with that verse because I invited people to think and reflect on what must have been said here. It's not recorded. It's not recorded. It says he began with that very passage and he told him the good news about Jesus. It's not recorded, but it caused the Ethiopian eunuch to believe in Jesus Christ and to be baptized. So that divine encounter led to an incredible conversion. And three main elements were involved. And the first one was the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had taken Philip down to Gaza, and the Holy Spirit had actually prepared the heart of the Ethiopian. The second element is the Word of God. Jesus is the one who the prophet was speaking about in the passage in Isaiah. All the prophecies of the Old Testament have taken on a new meaning. And so the gospel preaching Philip did on that day can be reduced to this. He preached Jesus. He preached Jesus. Last weekend, some of us um, attended a lunch to talk about the Sask and be um, common understandings and common covenant. And the number one point of that, and it kind of brings us together, it reminds us who we are, it celebrates who we are, uh, is Jesus is the center of everything. And so if something else starts to replace that, we're on the wrong path. So the third element here in this passage is the people of God. God uses the people of God. And this often blows me away because 
Do you feel like you're worthy of being used? God's work. So many times I think he could accomplish his work without us. He's God, but he chooses us and he asks us to be involved. The Holy Spirit led Philip with an unmistakable voice and was on the scene ahead of Philip. And after Philip baptized him, the text tells us the Spirit removes, removes Philip from the, that place. He just takes him up. He vanishes. If you watch, have you watched The Chosen or if you've been watching some of the Bible, you'll, that, that scene, you just, it's just amazing. He baptizes him and then he's gone. And I think, why? What? And, but I'm not sure why that should surprise me or us because everything that's happened has already been miraculous. But I was imagining the beautiful discipleship journey that those two could have had together. However, Philip's removed because the focus wasn't on Philip. The focus should never be on us. The focus should be on Jesus. Then when we are removed, the faith, of faith or transformation of the individual remains. God's plan for that encounter was accomplished. Because the next text tells us that the eunuch saw him no more, but he went on rejoicing. So it wasn't it wasn't strange to him either. He went on rejoicing. The man can go back to his own country and spread the good news of salvation there. The movement of the church is going further to the ends of the earth. And we hear about where Philip was taken later in our series, but wherever he goes, he preaches the gospel. So what does this mean for us? How do we listen and obey the Holy Spirit's movement in our lives? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God prepared in advance for us to do. Does that kind of like wow for you? Because I'm thinking, am I listening, God, to follow and obey and do what you've prepared for me to do, for us to do, he's gone ahead. And we have the Great Commission as the foundation in Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He is with us always. Tells us he won't leave, leave us as orphans. He is with us always. So what he's prepared for us, he goes with us if we listen and obey. So when talking about hearing God's voice, I find the passages in John 10 helpful. It talks about the shepherd and the sheep. Where Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And in John 10, 27, it says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. In those days, a shepherd could just call his sheep, and even though there may be hundreds and hundreds of sheep in the sheepfold, his sheep would come when they hear his voice. Now, sheep herding has changed over time, but the truth of that remains. Aren't we thankful that our shepherd knows us, and if we know him, we can listen to his voice and follow him? A.W. Tozer says this, the one who does not expect God to speak 
will discount every single time God speaks. So if you don't expect to hear from him, you'll just discount and say, was that just a coincidence? Was that? And, and let go of it. But we don't have to have a seminary degree to hear his voice. We don't have to be a pastor or a preacher to hear his voice. You don't have to be a worship leader to hear his voice. Those are, those are good things. But the same Holy Spirit that lives in the greatest Bible scholars you know lives in you if you know Jesus as your Savior. He knows you. You are one of his sheep. So when we hear him, sometimes we might say, I'm not sure. Was that his voice? And we can ask ourselves several questions um, that, that might be helpful. Is it consistent with God's word? Because anything that God says to us will not contradict what he's given us in his word. So is it consistent with that? Is it consistent with God's character? Is it something that lines up with who, who God is? Is it consistent with other messages I'm hearing in my community, in my church? And then this one I love, is it beyond me? And most of the times, for me, it's beyond me because sometimes God speaks to us, but obviously it's only something that he can do. Only he actually had the Ethiopian eunuch actually be, uh, convert and transform. It was the work of the Holy Spirit. Philip just was obedient, but God did the work of the transformation. And then the other one is, would it please God? What I'm hearing, would it please God? Those can be helpful things to ask when we're wondering. Is that the voice of God? Ruth Haley Barton um, has written a number of books, and I just really appreciate how she writes. In the book, The Soul of Your Leadership, she has this in there. She says, we need to be concerned when the voices of the world around us become louder than the voice of God. And my prayer phrase to that is, then it's time to take a half-hour walk out in nature. Because sometimes those voices can get louder, but God often says, I, I will be the still small voice. And we can know that voice. So this story raises a number of questions. And the questions that, uh, the first thing it raised for me is, Lord, um, what are you doing? What are you doing in our midst? What are you doing in our community? What are you doing in our church? What are you doing in our world? What are you doing in our city? And if we know that God's at work all the time, Lord, what are you doing? I want, I want to know that because I want to join you. Now, the second one is like, how are you at work in the people around me? What do I need to take note of? Do I, when I hear you, it, have, you've gone ahead in this story, went ahead and he prepared. So what are you doing in the people? What are you calling me to? Help me listen and help me to obey. Other questions that you might have or that I had, um, what are the things that you have prepared for me and for us? Help us to hear. Help us to listen. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and just conclude with some of the um, statements from the Experiencing God study. Because after we hear about the story of this conversion, it can make us think, what's happening around me? If God is always at work, 
And he invites us to join him in his work. How do we listen? How do we obey? I was talking with a a staff member this week, and we were talking about how listening and hearing and obeying, you know, in this situation, we actually know the outcome. It was a story that was, it told us with the outcome. Sometimes we obey and we don't know the outcome. And we go for a long time and we don't know the outcome. But the opportunity in that, or the invitation in that, or maybe it forces us to grow in our trust, to grow in our ability to trust that God will do what he says he will do, and as we obey, just trust him for the outcome. So no matter what you're going through today, the things you are carrying, the things that you are trusting in for the future or trying to trust for the future, I just want to invite you to, to come up after for prayer. We'll have prayer people at the front at the end of the service. And maybe your prayer is just going to be, I haven't heard God's voice for a long time. And I want to. Maybe your prayer is going to be, I, I actually want to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. We, want, we need to be asked to be continually filled. Lord, fill me. God can help. And as we remember these things, the Holy Spirit can give us strength when we feel weak, can give us guidance and wisdom when we need to make a decision, comfort when we're hurting, hope when something feels hopeless, and joy in the midst of challenging circumstances. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. And Lord, I thank you for this story that just reminds us of, Lord, you are working and you speak to us. And Lord, will you help us to listen and will you help us to create that space in our lives and in our days where where we're just listening to what you're saying in your word, in our community, and spending time with you, God, in that way. And so, Lord, this morning, I know that um, by the power of you, Holy Spirit, you have messages all across this room, online. You're speaking to us. So, Lord, will you help us to listen? Will you help us to obey? And, and, Lord, also, will you fill us so that we feel more of who you are, more of your presence, so that we're just, um, yeah, soaked in who you are? And uh, we love you, Lord. And I pray these things in your name. Amen.